Thank you, Sanctuary Singers. Um, well, good morning again. Good to see everyone here. Uh, we're currently going through a sermon series called God's Playground, and we're discussing what we learned in our process together, uh, working on my doctoral dissertation. And so um, today, we move from the vision statement to the mission statement, because we wrote new vision statements and uh, vision and mission statements based on our discussions last year. A year ago, we were having listening gatherings and talking to each other and saying, who do we want to be? What do we want to do? And so that's the culmination of that, part of that, was writing new vision and mission statements. And so last week we were talking uh, in greater depth about the vision statement. And remember, last week I talked about vision statement is all about what we want to be, that, that vision, that dream that we have for ourselves that we haven't attained yet, but that's, that's what we're going for. That's the goal. That's what we want to be in the future. So that's what a vision statement is all about. And if you look in your bulletin, you'll see after the sermon, it talks about what the vision statement is. And, and it talks about here in Santa Ana, we want to see every culture and every generation connect with Jesus Christ and with one another. I love that. I love that. It's a focus. We're here in Santa Ana. We're in this location. We want to see every culture and every generation. We don't want to leave anybody out. We want to participate fully in the body of Christ. And we want to connect with Jesus Christ and with one another. Uh, that's a great vision. That's our hope. That's what we're looking for in the future. Uh, we want to do a better job at that. Um, and so now we move into the mission statement. The vision statement is the what, and the mission statement is the how. What steps are we going to take? What strategies are we going to incorporate in uh, and making decisions about our church here? And so we get to the mission statement. And the mission statement, I love the way that it begins. Here, you have it here, because I managed to set my... Okay, so our, our mission statement is celebrating that which unifies us and that which makes us unique, intentionally building an intercultural, intergenerational community of faith in Jesus Christ that cares for and serves one another and our city. It's a good mission statement. And I love the way it starts, celebrating that which unifies us, right? Celebrating that which unifies us. So as we come here from different walks of life, from different social structures, from different traditions, many times from different countries, what unifies us? I'm asking the question and I'm looking for answers. What unifies us? God. Good answer. Okay, first and foremost, God, right? Okay, what else? Food. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> what was it? Communion. Yes, the sacraments, right? The sacraments. Okay, what else unifies us? Love, good. The Bible, what? Tragedy, interesting. Tragedy oftentimes unifies. It actually solidifies our unity together, right? Good. Somebody said the Bible, absolutely. This, is, this unifies us. 
separates for us from other organizations, right? Yeah, good. Anything else? Hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. I love that. That's good. Fellowship. Fellowship. Yeah. Being together. Hanging out. And I like, to, I, I like that the Presbyterian Church USA said, um, uh, what is it? Divine fellowship. That there, there's something deeper. The Greek word is koinonia, that, that we long to be together and there's something that connects us at a deeper level, right? Okay? What else unifies us? Singing. Yeah, our worship, right? Good. Yeah. Our, difference, our differences unify us. Interesting. Okay. We'll get into that. That's next week's sermon. Okay. So our government, uh, our, our committees unify us. Oh, good Lord, help us now. <laughs> right? Okay. Yes, I see Penny's hand. What's that? Prayers. Yeah. Right? That our prayers unify us. Good. Yeah. Isn't it amazing when, when you, sometimes when you feel so alone on things and then you start to tell other people to pray, all of a sudden, ooh, you don't feel alone. And suddenly you start to see God working in your life. And, and maybe things don't change, but you feel more strength, right? Because of that. Okay? Anything else that unifies us? Okay, you got most of them, I think. Most of them on my list. Yeah. So, what we just read is kind of the great unifier passage, that which unifies us. So, from Ephesians chapter 2, uh, Paul writes, Now, in Christ Jesus, in his flesh, he has made both groups into one. And he's talking about the Gentiles and the Jews, but he might as well be talking about all groups all groups that have kind of separated themselves from each other, have built walls, you stay over there, we'll stay over here. No, we are united, how? In Jesus Christ, in His flesh. Jesus reconciled all people to God in one body through the cross, and we are joined together through Him. Jesus Christ is the number one reason we are united together. Jesus Christ. It's a good way to answer. You know, children all know that when they're doing the children's sermon and the pastor asks a question. They all know to say Jesus. That's, the, that's always the answer, right? Um, but then we jump down to Ephesians chapter 4, and Paul gives this list of things that unify us. So if you ever kind of wonder, what, did, what is it that unifies us as Christians, as the body of Jesus Christ? Ephesians 4, 4 through 6, that's it. Walk, walk through it with me. We are one body. What's the body? It's the church. Yeah, it's, it's Jesus Christ, but it's the church. That's one of the words that uh, Paul uses to describe the church. We are one body. We're one church. We're one family. Uh, maybe in many denominations, many separated um, by space or time or, or governing, uh, but there's one church. Now, to throw a little Calvin at you, because we are Presbyterian, doggone it, um, Calvin would say, only God knows who the true church is. So it doesn't, 
It's not about denomination and all that stuff. It's about the heart. Just as Jesus could look at people and say, yes, this person is with me, this person is not. It doesn't matter if you go to church every Sunday. If you are not connected to Jesus Christ, if you've not submitted yourself to him, you are not part of that church. And it doesn't matter if you never go to church, but if you have committed yourself to Jesus Christ, you are part of that church. Now, I think it's important to connect to the local church. Don't get me wrong. Don't take me out of context. Pastor said I don't have to go to church anymore. <laughs> Didn't say that. It's important to stay connected, right? Um, so there's one body, one spirit, just one spirit. It's the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. The same spirit lives in me as the same spirit that lives in you. It's kind of like the spiritual blood that flows through the body of Christ. And, and it runs from each and every one of us. We are connected through the Spirit of God. We're unified through the Spirit of God. Then Paul says, one hope. Betty mentioned hope. What is our hope? Betty mentioned in Jesus Christ, what is our hope? To be unified with Christ, okay. Something else? To be unified? Salvation, right? Our hope. You know, uh, in our Book of Common Worship for the Presbyterian Church, our funeral service says, a witness to the resurrection in hope. We, we look at our memorial services and funeral services as a point of hope. It's to remind us, this person's already there. <laughs> They're in a better place. We're the ones that are stuck behind. And we have this hope, this sure and certain hope of our future. Okay, one hope, uh, we hope for life, we hope for abundant life, we hope for eternal life. Eternal life starts now and goes for all eternity. Okay, and then Paul says, one Lord. We have one Lord. When we use that word Lord, it has to do with who's in charge, right? Jesus Christ is in charge. It's one of the first things in our polity, in our constitution, our rules. Jesus Christ is the head of the church. Not the pastor, not the music director, not the session, not the biggest donor. Jesus Christ is the head of the church. He's the boss. He's the jefe. He's in charge. Jesus is in charge. So one Lord, one faith. What we believe is important. Our doctrine is important. Our theology is important. It's really what separates us from other organizations, right? Our faith in Jesus Christ. Our faith separates us. Um, that's why it's very important for us to kind of verbalize our faith. We use the Apostles' Creed often in our worship services. That's the basics of our faith. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, etc., etc., etc. That is our faith uh, expressed. When theology is unclear, cults form. That's why it's important for us to stay in the Word of God, to understand our theology. 
The author of Hebrews says, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. It means we have faith in things that we don't completely understand or see. Uh, John writes, to all who received Jesus, to those who believed in His name, He gave the power to become children of God. Our faith makes us family. If we're children of God, that makes us sisters and brothers together, right? Paul writes to the Romans, if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. Our faith is the pathway to our salvation. And he also writes to the Corinthians, for we walk by faith and not by sight. Our faith unites us. So one faith, one Lord, one faith, and then Paul goes on to say, one baptism. It's not like, well, oh, you were baptized in this church? Oh, that doesn't really count. You have to be baptized by us. No. The baptism that occurs wherever it happens is an enactment of Jesus Christ. Jesus, the Spirit of God is in the uh, baptism. And so we accept baptism from any other church. I was baptized in the Catholic Church. Okay, you were baptized. God worked within that baptism. There is one baptism. That's why we Presbyterians don't rebaptize. Okay, we don't say, oh, well, uh, you were baptized in the Baptist Church? Yeah, that's kind of halfway there. Let's, <laughs> let's finish you off with a little Presbyterian. Top it off, okay? That is a great question for a seminar on baptism. Um, Actually, if you ever, some of you have been members forever and never gone to a new member class under me, we actually spend a whole day talking about um, whether dipping or immersion, which is correct. So um, that's a great opportunity, the next new members class, to just come. Even if you just come to that one class, it's a good one. Um, Paul finishes this section by saying, one God and Father of all. One God and Father of all. Remember, we talk about we are now children of God. We have one Father. And this harkens all the way back to the Old Testament, right? The Shema, Hero Israel, the Lord our God is what? Is one. The Lord our God is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And Paul finishes by saying, He is above all and through all and in all. That's what unites us. Our baptism, our faith, our understanding of who Jesus Christ is. This past summer, I was down in Columbia, right? And um, I was visiting Sophia, my girlfriend, and she introduced me to her friend. Got to get the full name here because it's always worth getting the full name. Diego Fernando Pradilla Calderon. They always have like 10 names. Um, So, and Diego is a pastor. And um, when I met him, it was just instant. We were connected. He had a love for Jesus Christ, and I have a love for Jesus Christ. And as soon, we, he didn't speak much English. His English was about a little better than my Spanish, but not much. But we were connected. Why? Because of Jesus Christ. Last Thursday night, I went and worked at Laundry Love down at the laundromat down the street. 
Laundry Love provides um, laundry services for homeless and uh, low-income families once a month. And so I went and I was just making sure that people were getting the washing machines and I was letting, you know, it was, the job they gave me was really easy and I managed to mess it up. But, <laughs> but it, the best part of that is actually talking to the people that are there. Um, and to talk to this one gentleman hadn't washed his clothes for seven weeks. I mean, imagine. These people have to make a choice. Do I wash my clothes or do I buy the medication that I need? I'll buy the medication that I need. So, um, but he had a love for the Lord. He was my brother um, because of that. And so it doesn't matter our backgrounds. Uh, we're united by our faith in Jesus Christ. In fact, I love, um, I love it when a few Christmas Eves ago I did a sermon on O Holy Night, the, the anthem. I did it because since I've been here, um, pe people who've been at the church for a while, when they mention Dick Irons, they'd always go, oh. Christmas Eve, he'd always sing, Oh, Holy Night. It was so beautiful. And I'd say, I, yeah, I can't do that. I don't sing that well. <laughs> but, um, so I wanted to do this, you know, focus on Oh, Holy Night as the text, if you will, for the sermon. What I didn't realize was that the author of that song was an abolitionist. And it's about slavery. And uh, that we are all together when we come to worship the baby Jesus. I had no idea. Listen to the third verse. Truly he taught us to love one another. His law is love. And his gospel is peace. Chains shall he break. For the slave is our brother. And in his name all oppression shall cease. When Christianity first came into the world, it rocked the ancient world because there was all kind of caste systems. And Christianity said, those caste systems, you leave them at the door. When you come in here, we're all one. We're together. We're unified. Our relationship with Jesus Christ transcends all the rest. So when we come to our mission statement, we say celebrating that which unifies us. Now notice, not just acknowledging, not just noticing or accepting, but celebrating. How do we celebrate that which unifies us? Pam mentioned it a moment ago. We sing. We sing. We worship. Somebody else mentioned fellowship. We gather together in fellowship and events, and we celebrate together. That's why that, uh, the um, world communion is going to be is always great. That's one of the things I love about it, because afterwards we go and we have our international potluck. People bring food from their home country. We celebrate together. We enjoy each other's company. Um, celebration is meant to be joyous and fun and happy and maybe a little dancing 
It's supposed to be positive, right? We can celebrate that which unifies us when we do servant ministries. When I go down and tutor the kids on Thursday afternoons at La Samilla, we celebrate. We have fun. It's joyous. At Laundry Love Thursday, it was a celebration. We had fun. If you want to, go to my Facebook. You'll see this uh, one little video of Scott dancing with some of the other leaders in the aisle of the, you know, whoa, that's just really unpresbyterian. You can't dance like that. I grew up in the Baptist church. Oh, my God. <laughs> dancing. You can't do that. So what's, what's our challenge as we look at our mission statement? Our challenge is this, to lead a life worthy of your calling with all humility, gentleness, and patience. That's how the church lives together, with humility, gentleness, and patience. What's the next one? Bearing with one another in love. Oh, I know. When you come to church, there's a lot of things you have to bear with. A lot of stuff you have to go, okay, okay. And then Paul says, make every effort to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. How are you making an effort to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace? Each of us needs to think about that in our own lives. How am I making an effort to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace? The point here is that it takes effort on our part. It takes patience. It takes humility. It takes gentleness. It takes bearing with one another. It takes work. But anytime I think about that when it comes to relationships, I'm reminded of Harville Hendricks who says, yeah, but it's more like gardening, right? When you go out to the garden, it's work, but it's enjoyable. And you're creating something beautiful. And so even though it's work and toil, it's enjoyable. So let's work together to create this garden that is the church. Or, as I like to call it, the playground. This is our playground. Everyone's welcome, but it takes everyone to keep the playground safe. And it takes everyone to play together and play nice and enjoy each other. And it will be refreshing and enjoyable together. So let's continue to do that as we lead a life worthy of our calling. Amen?